but I want you to hear me loud and clear, Christians. If you're a believer, this is a time for you and for me to unite together in the things of God, in the kingdom of God, in the purpose of God, in the righteousness of God, and in the ways of God. That's the rebellion that we need to grow in. Our world is going down the wrong road. You all know this. We all see this. The evidence is coming up. And as Christians, it's not an issue of masks or social distancing. That's not the issue of rebellion. The issue of rebellion is, is Jesus Christ the way, the truth, and the life? Is he the only way? Has he given his life freely for all mankind? That's the message. And that's what you and I need to labor for. And if you're looking for boldness and encouragement and looking where to move forward in your walk with Jesus, it's in those arenas and it's with that message. This is the church and here we are now six months into the craziest thing that most of us have ever been through. The thing that none of us have prepared for, although you're South Beach Church, you guys are a little different. You're actually a lot different, but you guys are a little different. And here's why you're different. Do you guys remember back in November of 2019? I'll just tell you what happened because you don't remember anything. In November of 2019, we decided to go through a little book called the book of Revelation. And in the book of Revelation, we got to see a sneak peek of what is going to be coming to the world to wake up and to shake up and to make up and to take up. And I'm not saying because we studied the book of Revelation back in November of 2019 that that was preparing us for all the things we're going through now. I'm not saying it's our fault, but it might be our fault. But what's happening right around us? If you remember those early teachings in the book of Revelation, okay, God has a word for the church. Chapters two and three, it's for the church. Guys, there's stuff happening, stuff coming down. You're the church, I'm the church, and it's important that we grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. On March 12th thereabouts, we had a staff meeting here. Our very final service was March 8th here, and we didn't know it was our final service. We got word from the governor a couple days later that 250 or less, and I thought we could pull that, and then the Spirit of the Lord began to move over all the Oregon pastors, and we decided on March 12th, you know what, you know what, let's just... Let's go ahead and just pause services for four weeks. And the staff and I, we dispersed around the property just like this. There's a lot less of us. And we listened to the Lord, what he might have for us. And if you remember that word that God gave me succinctly, he said to lead and to stand and be courageous. And I thought, oh yeah, let's do it. Let's just go after it. And then the Lord told me right after that, I want you to rest, Luke. I want you to rest. How many of you guys are really good at resting? Or let me say, how many of you guys aren't good at resting? Raise up your hand like, man, you're an American, you know, bored, true, tried and true. You're going to keep going. And the Lord said, I want you to lead, which we've done in the six months. God has shown this church how to navigate. He's given us peace in our heart and there's fruit. Even now, there's too many people here. You guys should go home. There's so, the fruit of God is here. It's evident. And yet I hope you've rested. Have you trusted in the Lord? Have you gone up and down and had to be calmed in your heart and trusted in the Lord? And then the last thing the Lord spoke to me was to pray. And he kind of double clicked on that. What that meant was, is Luke, I want you during this next time. I thought it was going to be four weeks. I want you during this next time that I'm allowing for you is to create new avenues and new inroads and new rhythms with connecting with me. I don't know about you, but I like church. I like gathering. I like the busyness. I want to go back to March 7th. You know what I'm saying? When we said, you know, woo, let's do it. You know what I'm saying? Okay, yeah, it ain't going to happen. And so what the Lord wants us to do is to find that rest in him. Not a docile rest, not a passive rest, an active rest where you're taking the things of God and you're checking your pulse and you're realizing who you are in this world today and why God has called you in the midst of your trials, in the midst of your difficulty. You guys have gone through it. Everyone's lost something. Everyone's sacrificed something. Everyone in the world. And here's the difference with Christians. We're no different. We've lost things. People have died during this coronavirus. 
People have lost their jobs. Christians suffer. Everyone suffers. Here's the difference. Christians suffer on purpose and with a message and with the hope of heaven. That's the message that God has given to this church and to you guys during this time. Let me ask you a question. How many of you guys need to be encouraged this morning? Raise your hand if you need to be encouraged. <laughs> you wouldn't have came here. Hey, let's just give a prize out. Who drove here from Albany? Anybody drive here from Albany? You got Albany people in the back there. Let's give one clap for the Albany people. How many people? Anybody drive here from Salem? We got any Salem people? There's some Salem people right here. Give one clap for Salem. Man, anybody drive here from Philomath? We got some Philomath people. All Philomath. Give one clap for Philomath. All people drive. How about Flowtown, Florence, Reedsport? We got anybody from Reedsport, Florence over here? Y'all crazy, man. But here's the reason why we're here is we need encouragement. So take your Bible and open up to Genesis 37. Genesis 37. You guys ever trip out on the Bible? You just look at the Bible and think, man, God, you're so cool. You're so cool. The word of God is designed to show us who God is so then we can know who we are and find ourselves then living our lives for his glory and for others' good. And here's the deal. I want you guys to pay attention as best you can in this outdoor environment. But in Genesis 37, I'm going to read it to you so you get some verses. Actually, before I get there, I forgot to remind you guys about the 5x5 five five reading program. Okay, we're going through 2 Corinthians right now. How many of you guys read 2 Corinthians chapter 12 this morning? Raise your hands. How many of you guys think you might have time later today to read 2 Corinthians chapter 12? Raise your hands. All right, that's good. That's good. The 5x5 five five reading program has kept us united and growing. And as I was getting ready last night, I read, read ahead. And listen to this. This is the verse that God put on our hearts together as a family as we go through the scriptures the way we, we have been. Verse 9 of 2 Corinthians 12. And Jesus said to Paul, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Stop right there, eyes up here. I read that this morning. I don't like being weak. I don't like being outnumbered. I don't like fa failing or falling apart. And yet God reminded me this morning, because I felt that way, as I prepared for church and thought, should I go to church or not? I wonder if today I should skip. You know, I just felt that was a bad, bad decision. Had to go to church. And the Lord said, Luke, you feel weak? I said, yeah, I, really, I, really, I don't know what to expect. I feel, and the Lord says, in your weakness, my strength is made perfect. I want you guys to hear that. In your weakness, his strength is made perfect. In your weakness, you have weakness. And if you don't have weakness yet, just wait for a while. It'll show up. Okay, it'll happen in your life and God will meet you in your weakness and he's going to form in you deeper character in the fruits of the Holy Spirit even where you don't come up the way you want to. So now take your Bibles now and open up to Genesis 37. I'm gonna read two verses to you. I just want you to see this. It says, now Jacob dwelt in the land where his father was a stranger. Look at the person next to you. There's a stranger right there. In the land of Canaan. And this is the history of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was feeding his flock with his brother. Stop right there. Eyes up here. Guys, the Bible goes into great detail now and tells the story of Jacob, the story of Joseph, the story of the 12 patriarchs. And I just want to kind of end with that verse. I'm going to get into some more verses, but I want you to understand. It says right there, this is the history of Jacob. You guys know if you take that word history and put a little hyphen there, it's his story. Okay, the history of God's kids, your story, history, it's his story in your life right now. And God's going to take Genesis 37, he's going to go 38 all the way to 50, and he's going to dedicate these last chapters of the book of Genesis all to one person, Jacob and Joseph. Now, as he tells this story, we learn a lot about God and about Jacob and about Joseph. But let me ask you guys a question. How many of you guys have kids? Okay, you got, God's got kids. And you tell stories about your kids, right? 
unless you don't like them, then you just don't talk about your kids anymore, you know. But, but we tell stories about our kids. And God goes into great lengths in the beginning of the Bible to tell stories about kids. And it's a story that as we hear it and learn from it, we realize that our stories, they're not linear. They're not straightforward. And our st- stories aren't even really easy sometimes. Linear means straightforward, one step after another. How many guys have had your life just go one step after another? It made sense, and I did this, and it made more sense, and it made... Your story does not make sense. Here's the best news you're going to hear right now, though. Your story's not over yet. You're right in the middle. You're right in the middle of your story. And if you're not careful, you're going to take the evidence in front of you. You're going to take all the things happening right around you, and you're going to make some decisions that, listen, don't have the long view. We as Christians have not just the long view in our short lives here, but the long view of eternity. And God's given us the stories told in great detail. He goes into these stories so we know how to then navigate our lives because your story's not done yet. God has more things in store for you. You guys ever read Genesis chapter one and two? It's the story of God's creation. And God doesn't even go into the description, really. He goes into the timeline. He tells us when he created everything and kind of how they were created. But he doesn't go into the real details. And you know what scientists do for the rest of their lives? They study science and how all these things came to being, which I geek out on that stuff. I'm fascinated. You know what God didn't do? He didn't describe any of it. Instead, he spends chapter after chapter after chapter after chapter talking about his kids. God declares, actually, in the book of Genesis, right around chapter 2, verse 16, he says, oh, and he created the stars also. He created the stars also. Five words he uses to say that he created the stars. You guys ever geek out on the stars before? We got one of them right there. Go ahead and take a look at it. No, don't look at it. It's right there, though. God gave us one. It's up there. They say that there are one billion trillion stars in the known universe. One billion trillion stars. We got one of them. It's 93 million miles away. You guys know that if we traveled at the speed of light, it would take eight minutes to get there. That's 186,000 miles per second. And you guys know it's a pretty big star. If we took our Earth, planet Earth, you could fit 1.3 million Earths inside that star. Just kind of cram them in there. Be super toasty. But we'd be in there social distancing no more. And it would be in the star, 1.3 million. Did you know you could take that star, though, that takes 1.3 million Earths? That's how big it is. And you could take that sun and you could put nine billion of them inside Canis Majoris. You guys have all studied this out before. Canis Majoris is a star. It's out in the solar system. It's so far away that at the speed of light, it takes eight minutes to get to our sun. It would take you 5,000 years at 186,000 miles per second to get to Canis Majoris. And the Bible says, you know what I did? I just flung all those stars out there. Okay, I want you to trip out with me. God created the heavens and the earth to display his glory. The firmament shows his handiwork. God put all of that in motion. Did you know it would take 50 million years at the speed of a, as a, as a, as a airplane to get to Canis Majoris? It's so far away and God doesn't even describe how he did it, just that he did it. Here's my point. When he goes into the story of Jacob, Jacob's name would be changed to Israel. He's a representation of his kids. He says, oh, can I, can I take a couple chapters? Maybe three, maybe, maybe, can I take maybe a quarter of the book of Genesis and just talk about my kids? And when he tells the story of Jojo, Joseph, Joseph, dreamer of dreamers, he starts out in the book of Genesis chapter three, and he, or Genesis chapter 37, the first couple verses, and he details Joseph's call as he gives him the dreams. You guys remember his dreams? He dreamt that the stars in heaven would follow him, that the wheat sheaves would bow down to him. And listen, please, 
God gave Joseph, dreamer of dreams, a call on his life. That is, he gave him an identity. He knew who he was. And if you know who you are, don't you think it's going to be easier to do your life? You know who you are? You know what's going on in your life? Trick question. Once you know who you are, especially in the Lord, it actually doesn't get easier. Joseph was the dreamer of dreams. God's going to use him in a powerful way. And you would think because God declares this great promise over Joseph that it's just going to go well. As a matter of fact, he goes and tells his dad, Dad, I think it's going to be awesome. His dad slaps him. He goes to his brother. He's like, guys, I think it's going to be awesome. I had this dream. They slap him. He tells his dad another dream. He's like, don't tell your brothers these dreams anymore, man. And he tells his brothers a dream one more day. They slap him. And you guys know in Genesis chapter 37, he gets sold as a slave. Betrayed by his brothers, deserted, attempted murder. It doesn't go well for him. Why? I think this is really important. I pray often that the Lord would use me. And then I wince. Because I see the way the Lord uses people sometimes. And when I pray, Lord, use my life, I usually have my own little claws, you know. But, 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 but don't, don't hurt anything. Don't take anything away. Hey, 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 use me, but I want to, you know, on my own terms. I got to, listen, please. Oftentimes, oftentimes, God will allow a person to be hurt deeply before he uses them greatly. Right now, your life, your identity is in Christ. You're a Christian. You wouldn't be here. I don't know why you guys are here. This is crazy. This is the church. Your identity is in Christ. And if you think that identity is going to make it easier for you to move forward, then you didn't read the book. But instead, like Jojo, God had to take him through a season of difficulty and trial and trauma and suffering in order to work in him a deeper character and a fruit and an authenticity and a realness. So that way when you wear a shirt that says Jesus is real, it's not just a shirt you wear, but it's a life you live and it's an experience that you own. I wish I could stand up here and say, guys, it's all good. It's not going to get any harder. I read the book. It's going to get harder. It's not going to get any easier. And God wants to do a work in you that he might do a work through you. Don't raise your hand this time, but how many guys resist that pain? And you start feeling something. We're, we're, we're naturally resistors. Like, oh, that hurts. And we adjust. I don't like that. I don't like that. And yet what I want you guys is who are believers here today to say, Lord, have your way. Do in me whatever you see best in order that you might bear that real fruit, that authentic fruit. Joseph was sold as a slave and he was then bought by Potiphar and served in his household. Matter of fact, I'll read it to you. It says that he was there serving in his household. It says in verse 2 of chapter 39, you can turn ahead just a few verses. It says the Lord was with Joseph and he was a successful man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. Just so you guys know, these are unprecedented times. We're making sacrifices. We're doing whatever you got to do. I got a mask in my pocket. How many, how many guys have bought more than 10 masks during this you know, crazy thing? You have a beard, you're going to buy like 100 masks. You're going to try and find that perfect mask that goes over the beard and doesn't mess with your deal. You know what I'm saying? Man, you know, here's Joseph. And it's been difficult for us, but here's Joseph. He's not just wearing a mask. Okay, he's dressed like an Egyptian now. An Egyptian slave. This is a good Jewish boy. He's now transported to Egypt. And you know what it says? I'm going to read it again. It says the, listen, listen. Joseph's not where he wants to be. That's what it says. The Lord was with Joseph. And he was a successful man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. 
We love the story of Joseph. Man, he's so cool. His story was suffering. His story was sacrifice. His story was difficulty. And yet what he did every single time in light of those setbacks and trials, okay, listen, please listen. He trusted in his call. He knew who God had made him to be. God gave him the dream. I'm gonna use you, bro. Okay, cool. Is it gonna, is it gonna be awesome? No, it's gonna suck. Oh, wait, for real? <laughs> like, is it gonna, how bad is it gonna suck? Like, I just, well, I'm not gonna tell you. Otherwise, you'd, you'd run. See, we're Americans. We have it our way, Burger King. Man, Flame World, whatever you want. And yet the Lord says, I want to do a deeper work in you. I want to do a deeper. As a matter of fact, check this out. This is Genesis 39. And it says this, And his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all he did to prosper in his hand. So Joseph found favor in his sight and he served him. And then he made him overseer of his house and all that he had put under his authority. Stop right there, eyes up here. Guys, listen, this is really important. Did you know that your life, your journey, your trial, your setback, the things you don't like about you, the things you're struggling with, the failures. Did you know it's not just about you? Joseph's there living in the Egyptian house like, what the heck, dude? Lord, you said I was your kid. You said you were gonna use me and now I'm here. And the Lord says, yeah, I want this guy to see you. This guy, Potiphar, he doesn't know that Jesus is real. Isn't it fun having a big billboard like this? Man, I almost died hanging this thing up. It's not a joke. Like, pray for your pastor. And it's cool. I drove in yesterday. I looked at it. I started laughing. I was like, Jesus, I was like, that's so big, so huge. Jesus is real. But the non-believing world, when they see a sign like this or they see your Facebook post, they don't look at those, those two-dimensional words. They look at your life. And they want to see, is Jesus really real? Potiphar saw Joseph. He's like, dude, what's your deal? I bought you as a slave. Like, listen, why are you working so hard to serve me? And Joseph could have said, oh, well, I had this dream years ago, and God told me I was going to be a leader. And in order to be a leader, you have to be a servant. Jesus would go on in the New Testament and say, you want to be the greatest? Like, that's a good, it's a, it's a good idea. You should be the greatest. Here's how you do it, though. Become the servant of all. His identity was rooted and founded in the call of God. And so instead of getting bitter, he got better and he served and it was a witness to Potiphar. Now, don't you think that that's enough? Isn't that cool? Like, man, good job, Jojo. This is gonna be it. Potiphar is like one of the richest guys in Egypt. It's gonna go well for you now that you've decided to serve. You settled into your call and you've been obedient and you didn't get bitter. You got better. Isn't it gonna go great for Jojo? Can I get a vote? How about we have a great day for Jojo? No, that's not what happens. Jojo gets the rug ripped out from under him. Potiphar's wife's not a good gal. She takes him down, slanders him. He gets arrested, and God puts him in the prison. And the Bible says that he's not just put in the common prison, he's put in the king's prison. Interesting. It was still a prison, but it was a prison where God was going to have people meet Joseph that would change his life, and he would change theirs as well. Look at verse 21 of chapter 39. It says, but the Lord was with Joseph. This is in jail. And he showed him mercy and he gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners who were in the prison. Whatever they did there, it was his doing. Listen, verse 23. And the keeper of the prison did not look into anything that was there under Joseph's authority because the Lord 
was with him. God put a call on Joseph's life at a young age. And if you ask me to write the story, it's going to be easy. Man, it's going to be great. No death in the future. No, there was death. No slander, no failure, no divorce, no disease. No, all of that. All of that. Guys, if you're here today and you're walking this road, I guarantee you've walked through pain. You've walked through failure. You've walked through mistakes. And the Bible declares like it does right here in verse 23, the Lord was with him. He's with you and your stuff. And if you want to be a witness like this sign says, Jesus is real. It's not just as, I got a converged shirt on. It's not just as simple as donning a shirt, but it's saying, Lord, would you be with me in my prison? Would you be with me in my disease? Would you be with me in my divorce? Would you be with me in my loss? Would you be with me, Lord? I gave my life to you and I had this fleeting thought that it was going to be super easy moving forward. But man, I read the book and it's hard. A couple days ago, I had a chance to baptize a guy named Eric. He messaged us. He might be watching. Can't remember if I told the story or not. But as I was going out in the water with him at Night Beach there, he drove in from Sun River to get baptized. And, and as we were walking in, I noticed that the water was really cold. You ever go out there and it's really cold? I baptized Isaiah out there one, one time. And as we were walking, I was like, bro, just so you know, this is like really cold. And he said, yeah, I know. I checked the temperature. It's 50 degrees. Which I don't know if you guys know math, but 50 degrees is one degree warmer than 49. And 49 is just really cool. And anyways, we, and I, it dawned on me. And then this guy, he said to me, I just met him. And I said, man, this is really cold. And he said, you know what? If Jesus could hang on the cross and suffer for my sins, okay, I could go out here and suffer for him. And I was like, whoa, maybe you should baptize me, you know. <laughs> in order to kind of geek out on that for a minute, I, I said, hey, let's, let's go out here and stand out here a little longer. I, I told him a story of a first century martyr. And, I, and we, are, we were getting pummeled by the waves. And I wanted to tell him a story because I wanted to suffer with him a little bit out there before I put him under. I wasn't going to go under, but he was going under. I'm not going under. And, and so I told him this story about a man who was arrested in the first century for being a Christian. They said, dude, you got to recant. You can't be a Christian. He said, I can't recant. And they said, if you don't recant, we're going to burn you at the stake. And so the next day, it was his turn to get burned in this story as this martyr walks out. The guards liked this guy. He was nice. He was favorable, just like Joseph just like God's called you and me to be fruit, light, salt, love to this crazy world. And as this man walked out to the stake to be burned, the guards didn't want to burn him because they liked this guy so much and they were torn with their job. And he sensed this, this, this distress. And so he said, hey, 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 I'll do it. I'll do it. And he walked up to the stake that was getting ready to be burned and he grabbed a piece of kindling and he kissed it. And he looked up and he said, I'll be with you soon, my king. And he put the wood down. And he lit the fire. And he let himself, but he knew his calling, which allowed him to suffer and to be hurt. You think that didn't, how many guys think that like didn't hurt? <laughs> like I want to think like, it didn't hurt. It hurt. It hurt. That water was cold. I'm telling this guy this story about this guy. We're getting beat up. And, and about that time, I went completely numb. I couldn't feel anything. And I'll tell you what, guys. I wish I could give you a magic stick. I wish I knew the future. I actually do know the future. As you go through your life, it's not going to be linear. It's going to be messed up. There's going to be difficulty. You're going to look at stuff that you do, stuff that comes out of your own heart, stuff that's in your mind that doesn't correlate and line up with God's word. And things are going to be challenging and you need to go back then to the calling. God called Joseph to be a prince, 
to be a leader. And so even when he was at Potiphar's house, he served and he ran that place as unto the Lord. And when he was in jail, he served and he ran that place as unto the Lord. And wouldn't it be awesome in your own enslavements to sin and to chaos and to mistakes and in your own imprisonments and in your own sufferings that you would say, you know what, to live is Christ and to die is gain. And I believe this is the church here this morning. I believe this is the Christians. You're here. And maybe the Lord would have it so you find yourself settling into that reality that no matter what's happening, no matter what loss, no matter what pain, that you could be able to say what Joseph says at the end. There's 10 more chapters in the book of Genesis all about this guy's life. As I mentioned earlier, God doesn't even describe how he made the stars. He just, oh yeah, I made them. Oh, you like those? They're pretty cool. Yeah, go ahead and check them out. There's a couple of them out there. Go for it. But let me tell you about my kids. Let me tell you about my kids. And at the end of Joseph's life, and I'm going to end with this thought right here. You can turn your Bibles to the very last chapter of the book of Genesis, chapter 50. We see the culmination of God's plan for Joseph's life, even though God's plan for Joseph's life was one of pain and suffering. Guys, I don't know what the future holds for our country. I pray in Jesus' name that we as individual citizens would do the right thing. Okay, for God's glory and for others' good. You would just do the right thing. Vote like a Christian. Stand up for the unborn. Stand up for righteousness. Okay, it's gonna cost you. It's gonna cost you. You wanna draw a line? You wanna be rebellious in this world, okay? Stand for the things of God. Stand for the things of God and say, hey, I love you, but there's the way and the truth and the life. This is what Joseph did? How'd it go for him? And yet God is sovereign. And I'm going to end with this verse. Verse 20. Genesis chapter 50. Joseph's talking now to his brothers and he says, But as for you, you meant evil against me. But God meant it for good. That's the title of today's message. You guys want to talk about what you heard at church today? But God meant it for good in order to bring about as it is this day to save many people alive. I want you guys to highlight verse 50, verse 20 and underline it and memorize it. Joseph was able to say, you guys meant evil. This was not okay. It was not right. It was wrong. I'm tired of people looking at what's wrong and telling what's right. Okay, we need to grow up and say, no, no, that's wrong. That's absolutely wrong. The way that happened, the way I acted, the way you acted, the way I feel. No, there's, there's a right and a wrong. Don't, don't give me a hall pass when it's wrong, please. I need to know what truth is and what is evil. The Bible says that the last generation will be a generation, a cursed generation that calls evil good and good evil. And here Joseph says, no, let me, tell, let me, let me just take that. But as for you, you meant evil against me. <laughs> that's cool. No, you guys totally tried to mess my life up. This was wrong and evil. Don't raise your hands, but have, have you experienced evil? Have you, have you caught, have you, has, has, have you been dished out evil? Have, you, has, have people crossed you? You made mistakes? Let me ask a different question. Maybe this is South Beach Church. Have you, have you been the, have you committed evil? And have you, your identity is in Christ. And Joseph wasn't hemming and hawing. He said, no, I'm righteous. And what I saw was evil. It wasn't okay. But God meant it for good in order to bring it about as it is this day to save many people alive. 
God meant it for good. Here's Joseph wearing all Egyptian garb. He hasn't seen his family in over 25 years. And Joseph's able to look around and say, I can't believe it. <laughs> Man, look at all this evil. He's talking about his brothers. But he was such a man of God. He's like, but, but look what God did through this. Look, he had the long vision. He was able to see beyond right now. And moms and dads and Christians and brothers and sisters, I need you who are with me going to continue to march this path in a world going down the tubes, running away from God to hold the line, to call evil, evil and good, good and to trust the Lord that he somehow, some way is going to work it out. He's going to work it together for good. It's a promise. Can we give him a shout and a cheer? He's going to do it. He's going to do it. And it's so fun to read Genesis and read the story of God's kids. But I tell you what, if you're like me, you're kind of more interested at times in your own life. You just, I mean, here you are. What do you, you got stuff? You got bills? No, I'm probably going to get a ticket for this service. I don't know what's going to happen, you know? I got stuff, I got the few, I don't know what's going to happen. And God wants to bear fruit in my life every single day. And he wants me to live for the king and live for his glory and others good. And maybe it's time that the church stopped being so nice about what we believe and what we think is right. It's not even what we think is right, it's what he declares is right. And we need to be a church that's like, yeah, I see what you're doing, but it's not okay. And God's going to even use that difficulty that you walk through to bring it about as it is this day to save many people alive. He says one more thing and I'm done. This is Joseph's final word. The last thing he says. Do you guys know that Joseph is a type of Jesus? There's only three characters in the entire Bible that their sin is not recorded. Jesus who had no sin to be recorded. And then Daniel, who was a prophet of God, his sin was not recorded. And Joseph, he has no sin recorded. Now that doesn't mean Joseph and Daniel didn't sin. You know why? Because they're sinners. All have fallen short of the glory of God. But Joseph, Jojo's a type of Christ. That even Jesus, who came to seek and to save the lost, was rejected by his brothers, not believed upon by his family, and instead was sent to suffering and to turmoil in order that there might be us today who are saved alive. And this is the final word from Joseph, a type of Jesus. He says, now therefore. If you're a Christian, this is for you. Do not be afraid. Now therefore. Do not be afraid. I will provide for you and your little ones. And he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. Now, therefore, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Guys, there's so much. I'm going to have Pastor Ryan come up right now. We're going to lead us in a song so we don't, we don't get skin cancer here today. And he's going to lead us in a song. And here's the deal, guys. There's so much chaos and so much backbiting and so much arguing right now. And what I want you to do as a Christian is say, Lord, what, what do you want me to stand for? What do you want me to represent? How do you want me to serve like Joseph did, like Jesus did in a world gone mad, in a world that isn't going to honor you in the immediate, but in the long term, Lord, give me that long view. How are we going to do this, Christians? We're going to do this by faith. And may the Lord anoint us with that servitude that Joseph had to serve wherever you're at, no matter what's going on. 
May we become better instead of bitter. And may the church wake up during this time. I don't know what the future holds, but if it's anything like the previous weeks we've experienced, it's going to get shakier, and it's going to get bumpier, and it's going to get crazier. Guys, the return of Jesus. The return of Jesus Christ. Lord, would you come now? Would you just come now? We're ready. I wore my rapture socks on purpose. I'm ready, Lord. And until then, may the billboard of Jesus is real be posted high, but may it be evidenced in our lives. And when people see you suffer and they see you get the medical bill or the medical report or they see you get the pink slip at work or they see you get the divorce papers served or they see your kids go wayward or they see your life fall apart, may you be able to say, my story's not over yet. My story's not over yet. And I'm asking Jesus to use me. And there are dark moments. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. And even in the presence of my enemies, you prepare a table before me and you anoint my head with oil and goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Do you guys believe this? Do you understand this? Do you live this? (laughs) Guys, in case you forget what you learned today, the message of the title of the message is God meant it for good. Wouldn't it be awesome if you just decided, instead of being a complainer, instead of being mad, instead of being bitter, instead of being frustrated, and and maybe more importantly, instead of being full of fear, what if you just said, hey, God meant it for good. God is causing all things to work together for good. That doesn't mean all things are good. And in a world gone upside down, God has said, I see you. I have you. I'm not done. Hang on tight. The best is yet to come. Do you believe this? Guys, the best is yet to come. Don't believe the lies. Don't believe the hype. God has more in store for his kids. He wants your, it's the history of humanity. The best is yet to come. I'm going to ask you guys to stand with me and we're going to sing. I understand if you have to leave because of the sun or whatever the case is. But we're going to sing to the Lord a few more songs. We're just going to worship him today. Joseph's last words, therefore do not be afraid. If you've been walking in fear, man, just confusion, I get it. I've been there. I've been there and I want to repent and say, Lord, would you help me to walk in peace? As a matter of fact, would you just raise your hand if you need greater peace? Man, you're just, you're full of, just, you need peace. And you want that peace to be yours. Raise your hand if you want that peace to be yours as a witness that Jesus is real. That people see and they say, man, your life doesn't look perfect, but you got perfect peace. Raise up your hand, Lord. You anoint my brothers and my sisters to be filled with peace. Jesus, we lead you. We believe in you. And we ask that your anointing would be ours, that your power would be ours. You can put your hands down. And maybe your story's like Joseph where you're a Christian, but man, it sure feels like you're in prison. Sure feels like you're living in Egypt. Egypt was the antithesis of Jerusalem. It was the exact opposite place to be. <laughs> and that's where Joseph found himself. And maybe you're a Christian. You're like, yeah, I'm all messed up. I want to give an opportunity for the Christians who are messed up right now. You're here at church, man. You did a good job. Good job coming to church. But you would say, I just, my heart is cold. I feel like I'm living in Egypt. I, I just, I took up full residency in Egypt. I'm, I'm away from God. And I just, I need the Lord to 
I need him to prune my heart and to forgive me of my sins. Would you raise up your hands right now if you've just been dealing with Egypt-style living and sinful behaviors? Just, ah, oh, Lord, sense it. Just raise up your hand. Don't, don't miss out this opportunity. It's been six months since we've gathered. And if you got stuff, you need the Lord to just take that trash out. Raise up your hand by way of repentance, Lord. You see us. We repent and we ask, Lord, that there would be revival. Uh, individual, unique, personal revival in each one of our hearts. Raise up your hands if that's what you need. A revival in your hearts. Repentance precedes revival. Raise up your hand, Lord. In Jesus' name, you see us. And I pray, God, that you would bless the husbands, bless the wives, bless the moms and the dads, bless the young gals, Lord. Bless the women here, Lord, in Jesus' name. Would you bless them? Would you speak their identity, their biblical identity, Lord? The uniqueness, the gift, Lord, the beauty, the sensitivity, the giftings. Lord, you speak that to our gals here in Jesus' name. And would you let the ladies, Lord, not take their cues from the world and what Vogue says or Gucci says, but they would take it instead from what Jesus says, what the Bible says in Jesus' name. Lord, anoint them. Even now, wash them with the water of your word. I pray for the men. I pray for the men here in Jesus' name. That every man here, Lord, settle into that biblical manhood. That they would receive from you our orders, Lord, and our identity. And we'd walk as you would have us to. Leading and covering. Laying down our lives, Lord. Serving one another. I thank you for the body of Christ, God. You gave that dream to Joseph. To little Jojo. In order that when he was hurt deeply, when his life was turned upside down, he would continue to look back and say, I'm not done yet. The story isn't finished. And Jesus, I pray in your name that that same courage, that same faith would be ours as the church today. That each and every one of us would say, hey, I don't really know what's going on, but my story's not over yet. Therefore, I will not fear. Lord, have your mercy upon us. We're going to sing now. Would you lead us? Would you anoint us? Keep us safe, Lord. We do pray. We pray safety from this meeting, Lord. Just all body, mind, spirit. Whatever people think, Lord. We just, we're not trying to fight. We're trying to stand for you, Jesus. Hear our songs now as we worship you. In Jesus' name, amen.